I said, what you know about it? It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. In the room a lot. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. I'm Jason Stewart. Andre Conoparo, say hello. Hello. We have no guests today. Last time we had too many guests. We don't need them. We don't, we don't need them. We're the real brains behind this anyway. Mm. The last time we did no, no guests, I remember going on a tirade for too long about why guests are dumb and we don't need them. So <laughs> we don't need to ever do that again. What do you think the backlash was? I don't think there was any backlash at all. Maybe it just made guests want to be on the show even more. Oh, you're using the uh, reverse psychology. No, the game. You're negging them. I'm negging them. That yeah. is right. The mystery method, if you will. Yeah, sure, mystery. He's a great guy. I, I, we should have him on the pod. What is he up to nowadays? Do you know? Because I read that book just out of boredom and, and curiosity. It was horrible, but it was... An entertaining read. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we probably agree that it was horrible, but I wouldn't say mm-hmm. it was horrible. It was like a very easy, light read. It was, it was a lot. And it mean, was from the perspective of somebody who was obviously skeptical, if to put it nicely. So it was kind of like you're along for the ride. But the people are horrible. Sure, that's that's more of what I meant. Yes, but I think most entertaining books are fueled by people. That are horrible, much mm-hmm. like most entertaining chefs are horrible people. But to Don't watch you them, try to bring it around about food. To watch to watch them on TV, people just love it when they're mean. That's true, and I can't, I can't lie. I feel like some of those mystery methods were probably absorbed into my psyche somehow. I would, I've never gone up to a woman and said your shoes are ugly. That just mm, <laughs> not once. No, never. I've definitely skirted around certain things. Like this, this happened to me, but I don't do it. The, the, the thing, the reason for me, which now I'm wondering, I've never done that. I've never negged somebody with a premeditated hope of having it blossom into something more. I've never had, I've never had, uh, so you are I've just never mean having, for fun as opposed to having a long game to having it pay off when you're mean. That's right. Okay, got it. <laughs> There's no agenda behind no, no, me no, no, no. insulting you're someone. You're just a straightforward, offensive person when you want to be. That's There's right. nothing behind it. There's nothing behind it. You know, that's just refreshing. <laughs> Thank you for that. It kind of is. But this happened to me. I mean, it is not. Wait, are you serious or are you not serious? I'm, I, I, I'm serious. I feel like I'm I was serious. joking with you and... Well, yeah. it's one of those things where we joke, but now, but when I really do introspectively look inside, there probably is some some realness up in there. But this this happened at my my local coffee shop, Proof Bakery, bang in Atwater. I go there That's all the time. That's why you're banned. That's why I am now banned from there. But there's a new. They had a new barista, like a very nice young lady, very nice young lady uh, <laughs> working there. And I, I can see where this story is going. I go, it might not be going exactly where you think it's going to go. But I, I go to this coffee shop m- multiple times a week. I know all the people that work there. Since they opened, you're a neighborhood regular. Yeah, it's, it's, it's your, it's my cheers, if you will. It's, yeah, it, 
Very good analogy. So all the people that work there from... Not everybody who works there likes you, though, even though you've been going there as a regular. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, I'm known as a questionable local. <laughs> questionable regular. Uh, I really hope there's a picture of you with a, with a short description somewhere in the back, mm-hmm. near like the proofing table. Yeah, approach at, at risk. Well, yeah, like from... From just the person who grabs a scone with a tong to the owner, I know them all, and sure. and I'll chat with them on varying levels of friendliness. And there's a new person, and I'll, I'm you know I'll go in there, and I'm my normal jokey kind of. There was a point where you traded MP3s for coffee beans in the early days oh, of shit, it. Shit, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a we're lot talking of- about like what oh nine oh ten. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because like a lot of when you're a DJ, a lot of companies like retail stores or restaurants or whatever, they'll they'll approach you to be like, hey, can you make a playlist for? And this is kind of pre Sono, Spotify, Apple Music days where you can just do that. But like they would say, like, hey, would you like make a playlist for us to play in our restaurant or our clothing store or whatever it is? And sometimes they'll pay you in cash. Sometimes they'll pay you in products. Sometimes a little bit of both. But I, I'm friends with the guy who was the owner at the time, and I would just, he would just give me free coffee all the time, and then once a month I would just give him like a couple hours worth of hand-picked selections. Yeah, just the... From TJ's closet. Just the choice nugs. Just the choice stuff that I felt would work out well, and it was a nice relationship for a while. Mm. Sorry, I keep I keep No, it's okay. New person. We, so have a new whole, person. we have a whole hour to kill, don't worry. And there was a new girl working there, and like I'll always talk to the baristas, and she and the new girl made my cortado, and she, and sometimes people will make like a little bit of a complex latte art. Sometimes it'll just be a very simple, like here's a rudimentary flower shape or whatever. And then this girl, she, I think she tried to bite off a little more steam milk than she could steam. And she tried to do like a swan, mm. swan on the lake scenario, mm-hmm. and it really, it really didn't, it didn't end up coming out the way Looking she. Looking like ET. Yeah, it looked, it looked like an aborted swan. It was bad. You need to phone this Cortado home, bitch. Mm-hmm. Get a new job. <laughs> and I, and I commented like, I didn't say like, oh, this is an ugly latte art, or I didn't say like, oh, you really fucked up my drink. It was just kind of like... You didn't have time. You just had to throw it right in her face. <laughs> After I spit it on the floor, I was like, what, uh, what, is, <laughs> what is this uh, art on this coffee supposed to be, huh? And, and they're like, I think it's like supposed to be a swan. And I was like, eh, it's not really... <laughs> not really working out and then wait who said i think it's supposed to be a swan like a, somebody else working another there? another co-worker and, yeah. and the girl who made my latte was she's more of the quiet type was crying in the back everyone else there it's a little they're a little more bubbly with the personality she's a little more on the quiet side and she so she didn't say anything and then she got really upset and and really kind of like just kind of shut down, didn't want to look at me or talk to me anymore, and was just like offended that I said that her latte art was was tra- was a failure. And now every time I go back in there, I'm extremely over the top nice to her without being too much, but just letting her know like, hey, I'm not a I'm not a horrible person. I- do you do you take your latte or your cortado and like? very loudly show it to other people like isn't this great and then stare at her 
whoever made this. This is so. This is the best I've ever seen. And then just, just. Mm, but I, I'm, look I'm, at her. I'm not that worried about it because it reminded me of. No, sure you're not. One of the girls. One of the girls that works there. I did something even worse to her, and now her and I are probably the the closest. Sure. People now when like I know who you're talking about. For do you know the instance of what happened? Mm-mm. Well, this now when I go in, this girl is like, "Hello, how are you?" Blah blah. blah. And she's pro- I think she listens to this podcast. So like, we'll we'll be we'll be very chatty, and we have a fun convo together. But I think a long time ago, I like accidentally or like without thinking, I like put her on blast about something else. To her coworkers, like I may have, like in the shop, in the store, like while she was working, I may have, like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I, I said something that basically exposed her to. You caught her stealing tips. Doing, <laughs> she she did something not good, and I brought it to light in front of her coworkers, thus sort of exposing her and breaking. But she arm. wasn't there. No, she was there. You're like, yo, 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 she just touched my baguette. Something no paint. Worse than that. It was, Pape free. It was, it was a bad thing. It was something like she she fucked up somehow, and I for some reason chose to like bring it to light to all of her coworkers. Probably maybe like a boss or a higher up heard it, and she got really Were angry. You still drunk from the night before? Hence um, your riffing. That's not off the table. Sure. Um, and it took me a good year. Yeah, to get back in her good graces. But now I'm now we're we're chums, and the, and that's usually you know like when you watch a movie, those are the people who have the best bonds of friendship. Like you, you get in a fight the first day of high school, and you punch the other guy's lights out, and then you know on senior graduation day, you guys were just best buds the whole time, brought together by by strife and struggle. That whole dynamic totally only exists on like. An economic spectrum in that, mm. like it, that shit happens with bartenders. That shit happens mm-hmm. with, I guess, coffee shops where like you piss somebody off, but there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, and but they can still kind of be a dick to you, and you just buy the coffee. But like, if you're at a nice restaurant, you get to be any asshole. Well, not I'm not saying you have carte blanche. I'm saying like at a certain point, in a certain price point. You can be your stereotypical asshole L.A. person, and you're kind of like the whole front of the house is kind of like, oh, that's cool because you buy $600 bottles of wine and mm-hmm. like your checks are $2,000, and you're kind of like, hey, not getting any younger, are you? And you're like, well, I guess I still have to serve the guy who says that every time I come, you know, every time he comes right. in. So, I mean, but when it comes to something like, yeah. Uh, a six dollar beer or four dollar coffee you're not gonna get banned for doing something kind of shitty but you're also like they'll let you know it's not cool but you can't win them back you can i think your story which is the punchline of your story and you can do that with like bartenders too or Mm -hmm. like snack shop what the fuck is a snack shop i mean like a small little like cafe kind of fast casual yeah but you get to a point where you know, you get to a certain entree price, and it's like you kind of get to be a dick to a certain extent. I think you, I think you could come back from dick, but you, but it's a lot harder. Everybody to come, will hate you. It's I'm harder to come back from douche, you. is what I'm saying. Sure. That also that that happens a lot in my service industry of DJing, 
were like, hey, dude, can you fucking play blah, blah, blah? What and is I, the right I'm way like, to, do, to request a song, Jason? The right way to... Well, I'll tell you the right way to, request, to request a song. not request a song. Well, I don't mind when people request a song to play while I'm DJing. And if somebody requests a song that I don't like or is bad, I will, I will politely decline it. If it's a really bad song and I've got a little tequila in me, then I will insult and make fun of their selection by laughing in their face. But the real right way to do it, which brings us back to what you were saying of the, uh, the high-ticket, high-roller person, if you are an asshole and you request a bad song, but there's a $100 bill in your hand when you, you, can hear that when song. you say it, he's gonna, I will gladly play your dumbass song if you give me a yeah. bunch of money. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of checks out, too. It's like three minutes of somebody's life. Yeah, and if you have, like, a not a great request, but it's not that bad, and you got a 20, you got a 40 in there. Sure. <laughs> if, it's, if it's, but yeah, if it's, it's a trash song, it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be a hundo up, or else it's not even going to be Have you close ever for negotiated you. prices on the spot? Like, the guy's got a 20, and you're like, it's going to cost more, and he, he gets more. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's up. To, it's up to him or her to know. Sure, um, they have to know that they have shitty taste and a lot of money. But that's also interesting, like because guys they they assume that if they have a request that they're going to give me money to do it. Yeah, and then women they kind of assume that it, since I'm a guy and they're hey, a girl, cutie. you know, give them a little, smash a little, Hi. little look. Mm-hmm. And then, then I'll just play the request because they're an attractive girl. You're so cute. Do you have any major laser? <laughs> and uh, is that is that what we're talking about? That's exactly what we're talking about, and that does not work on me. Okay, this is 2017, ladies. Leave me alone. Um, you you just got back into town. You're up in NorCal, mm-hmm. home of Guy Fieri, who's now. Feeding thousands of we people only, in Puerto Rico. We only got to do lunch this time, but he's good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I mean, he's so busy right now. That's, I mean, by coastal. What'd you guys cook in the big green egg? We just deep fried some nachos. <laughs> the whole bucket. Yeah, we just with the home in a Homer bucket. Because mm-hmm. that way, it kind of locks in the cheesy, gooey flavor townness. It fuses. You don't know what's plastic and what's not. Mm-hmm. Did you guys use the big green egg while you're up there? No. no. Um, Did you cook anything legendary? Always. I know you always cook something legendary. No, I made chicken dish. I made uh, Yayo's brother's zucchini bread. Oh, you made the you made the Australian gluten-free veggie health loaf. But I use psyllium husk, and I use, which was kind of hard to find. Yeah, I couldn't find it. But it. But then randomly, I found it in the bulk section at Whole Foods after I ordered it on Amazon, oh, not really? looking for it, which was annoying. Did you taste it? The psyllium husk raw just tastes like powder, just some like pow-pow. a flour, right? But it made it. Very spongy. It was more like a meatloaf than a bread. It is, yeah. I liked yours better. You liked mine better, which was crumbly and more like a bread. Oh, so the psyllium you used just regular. I didn't use psyllium husk. Yeah, you just you used regular, regular almond meal. Toll. You just used all almond meal? Yeah, I didn't use any flour at all. Oh, I thought you used flour. No, I used no. There, there's meal. a little bit of flour in it. 
There's like a little, like like a quarter or a half cup or something. Just a little bump. Just a little pow-pow bump. But I think, yeah, that bread is a weird bread. I liked it. I liked it more crumbly than... And I did a letter of the recipe, and it, it definitely came out kind of like something that you would have like sliced thick and served with like mushroom gravy at a health food mm-hmm. restaurant. Yeah, for or our something. listeners at home, this is a bread. It's like a it's like a zucchini bread, but it's meant to be almost flourless or flourless. But it's, it's like, really good. It's like it's like a hippie. But it's so loaf. weird. Like it's, it's not. I don't. I feel like it's a misnomer to call it a zucchini bread. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a loaf. It's an entity on its own. It's closer to meatloaf than bread for sure. But really good. But it's like zucchini and carrots and a shitload of onion and garlic mm. and almond meal and eggs and it was like spices. it said one Spanish onion, but I took that to mean a small one because it calls for like one carrot, one zucchini, one onion. Mm-hmm. So I would do half. I I think I did. A small onion, but I would definitely do half of a, of a larger one. And then... Um, it definitely looked like a health food thing that you cumin, put gravy on. Cumin powder and paprika and chili flake was the, and salt was the only seasoning. And you're meant, to like, you're meant to bake it off, then slice it, and then toast the slice individually is what he told yeah. me. So you got to like a little crunch on the outside, mush on the inside. Some, there's some eggs in it. It's not vegan, but it is gluten-free. It's interesting. And dairy-free. Mm, I um I made the scarpetta pasta last night. Are you familiar with that? Mm-mm. That have you have you heard of that restaurant Scarpetta mm-hmm. Scott Conan Conan? Um, but uh, I've I've heard that I've been told that's the only good thing that he's made ever was this particular. Oh wait, no, no tomato no, no. basil pasta. Yeah, we talked. Okay, yeah. Did we talk I've heard about, about it already? From you. I think so. I, I, it's something that I've always seen, like videos of over the years, but I never tried making it. And it's like a, it's kind of a unique preparation on how he does it, and it's pretty cool. But you, um, it's like half canned San Marzano's and then half fresh, ideally like ripe in season, nice, flavorful, juicy tomatoes that you you fr- you like get a big pot, put in like a couple tablespoons of olive oil. Get it pretty high, high heat, not smoking, but almost there. And then you just put all the tomatoes in there, and it'll just like you're kind of like frying tomatoes in olive oil and you and salt for like 45 minutes. Just that's it. And then you use a the San Marzanos and the fresh ones. Yeah, all together. All together. And the fresh ones are going in whole. You're not like scoring and peeling them or anything, or getting the seeds. You do you yeah you do do that. You score and peel, and then you use a meatloaf masher to smush smush them down as they cook down and to all turn into a sauce but you don't de-seed them you you do de-seed them okay and um, core, you, so you take out the core and the seeds so it's like in kind of a normal tomato sauce if you're using fresh tom- tomatoes exactly peel cored and de-seeded but you just cook them on their own with salt that's it yeah no other flavors and then in a separate side bet you get a small pot and you fill that with like half a cup of olive oil and then like i put like five whole garlic cloves two bunches of basil stem and all and red chili flake and then you fry that on the lowest you can go Mm. like just barely a faint bubble for like a half an hour 
So you're like slowly infusing the oil. Then you, then you drain those, and then at the very end, you mix that flavored oil with the tomatoes. So you kind of, I guess, like the idea is to have the, the separate flavors not be completely homogenized all into one sauce, and it's just, it'll it'll be a very subtle flavor of the garlic, basil, and red chili, but it's right on the front. And then, like, the richness of the cooked-down sugars of the tomato are on the back. So you cook the pasta, you put that oil in the sauce, you stir it around. It takes a little while to emulsify the tomatoes and the olive oil. So everything's super, like, chinois strained out from the oil. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's easy to strain everything because it's just whole garlic cloves and bunches of basil. So it all, it all strains. And chili flake. And the chili flake. That's the only real small thing. Yeah. But you don't have, yeah, just like a regular mesh strainer will handle it all. And then uh, the pasta water emulsifies it all together and a little bit of butter and Parmesan. So it's real. It's a real simple, but it's like one of those, it's like that tomato sauce that you make with the, the cherry tomatoes and the olive oil and the onions. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like a super plain old simple tomato sauce, but it's one of those things where you just can't stop eating it. And it's like what you really crave the most, just like a really properly well done tomato sauce and spaghetti where it's the sauce is really clinging to the pasta really well. Everything is all mixed in nicely. The pasta is soaking up that tomato flavor. And that's really what you want compared to just like, you know, your fettuccine with your clams and your snow peas and scallops and what all this other shit in there. None of that. This is just straight up. And it was delicious. So you'd make it again? I would make it again. It's pretty oily, though, is the only problem. Hmm. But also, it's like when you finish a pasta dish and you glug olive oil all over it at the end, it's kind of the same kind of oiliness, I guess. You lose, use less oil? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It felt a little oily to me, but I recommend this pasta dish. What kind of pasta do you make it with? Little Dom's fresh pasta, the only thing that you should order at Little Dom's. Don't <laughs> order the food there. Only order the two dollar, the two dollar pasta. Uh, yeah, like the I food haven't there. eaten there in so long. The orange, the fried rice orange like balls are good. delicious. Yeah, and they they do like a. It's the simplest thing, but for their arugula salad's always really good. Okay, they do have a few things, and it's literally there. like olive oil, lemon, and parmesan. It's nothing you can't do at home, but there's mm-hmm. just like. That one percent that sometimes restaurants can do with the simplest dish, and mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it's really good there. Mo- and it's like eleven dollars for a small plate of arugula. Mm-hmm. Or I can go to Little Dom's and get a Chinese takeout box full of Parmigiano Reggiano shaved and enough pasta to feed eight people, and it's under twenty dollars. Oh yeah, which is such a such a good deal, and we talk about it. A decent amount. If you live in L.A., it's an amazing deal. But I, now I'm realizing I shouldn't talk about it that much because if everyone goes and buys it, then it'll be sold out or they're going to raise the prices or something. Yeah, don't. It's not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also remember when I made that like al pastor-ish meatloaf mm-hmm. and it didn't really work out so well. Mm-mm. I don't remember not working out well, but I remember you trying it. It didn't work out well, but now I fixed it up, and now it's working real good. What'd you change? I did some weird stuff to it. So I got a, a 
a pork tenderloin. I've been really, I've been trying to use a lot of pork tenderloin lately because it's so cheap. You can get a whole pork tenderloin at Trader Joe's for like four dollars and eighty cents. Yeah, and it's like a pound and a half of of meat, like enough to feed a and few people. And it's nice. And it's nice. Um, so I get get like a pound and a half, two pound pork tenderloin, and some thick cut bacon. And put it in a meat grinder and grind all that together. And then I mix that with maybe like a tablespoon of uh, adobo in, in chipotle, like the canned chili adobo chipotle thingy. But that's pureed like into a sauce. Hmm. Seeds in. I mix that in. And then I use uh, food processed ground plantain chips as the binding agent. Instead of breadcrumbs, and it has a sodium element, red onion, garlic, and then some of your favorite Mexican hot sauce, whatever you want to use, tapatio or or beyond. A couple eggs, and then um, I take pineapple, finely dice the pineapple, and then I uh, I'll cook the pineapple dry in a pan to get the moisture out and to get some like nice dark charring on it. And then I mix the pineapple in with the meat and let that sit in the fridge for like two hours for all the flavors to, to bind together. 30 minutes in a meatloaf pan, and then I slide, flip the pan upside down onto a sheet pan so the meatloaf is exposed on all angles. And then I do a glaze of more chipotle and some ketchup on top of that and then finish it for like 10, 20 minutes on a higher heat sear. Came out real nice. Mm-hmm. Came out real nice. I think it's almost it's almost close to being done. But the mm. last time it was just I think um, the problem before the the pineapple juice broke like the enzymes in the pineapple like broke down all the meat binding possibilities and just turned it into like a gross nasty crumble situation. It can do that. It can do that, and that's what people like about pineapple and meat. It's tenderizing. Um, characteristics, but in a loaf it did not work out well. But it, it really came out looking like a nice, perfect meatloaf, all made out of pork, and using plantain chips instead of breadcrumbs worked out really well. So I guess that's gluten free. If you're not using bread, or is yeah. plantain a gluten? I don't think so. It's With, a starch. Without knowing better, I th- I would I, you know I don't know. Are bananas gluten free? Great question. I would imagine. I think so. I mean, yeah, you can have fruit cup. <laughs> fruit cup? Fruit cup with bananas in it. But that's, um, yeah, that's a good look. Those plantain chips. Mm-hmm. I'm addicted to plantain chips. If I just get a bag of them, I just munch them. You need a food dehydrator. You can make them yourself. I've never cooked a plantain a day in my life. I've never bought a plantain and cooked one. And that's kind of wrong. I'm trying to expand my horizons. Uh, I mean... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Have you? Yeah, the best way to do is deep fry them. Smash them and deep fry them, like, you know, like mm-hmm. a tostone. Tostone. Like, but I, I love eating them, but I've never cooked them. I've never found them that addicting. I mean, they're not any healthier than potato chips. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So in that way, it's always kind of Could like... Could be worse for you. Do I want that? Do I not want that? <laughs> It's not like a health food option, but they're great. They're delicious. It's definitely not a health food option. Uh, the the chef 
from Jitlada passed away. Did you hear about that? Mm-mm. Like a day or two ago. Oh, wow. Their beloved chef, I think. Just... I'm, in my, I'm in my NorCal bubble. I just got back. I know. Wow, that's really sad. I feel like we've all neglected Jitlada in the last few years. Now that like they kind of fell by the wayside with all these other Thai restaurants coming up. Because for a long time, they're the only show in town doing that real high-level high stuff. Well, they were apparently, you know, they, as I remember, were one of the ones that did a northern Thai menu. And I don't know exactly the, you know, the absolute specifics on the differences except, like, a jungle curry and things, dishes that you wouldn't find at 99% of your Thai restaurants that do pad thai and yellow curry. Mm-hmm. They had the 190-item menu. <laughs> but you know, Jitlada wasn't famous for their noodle soups and a lot of the things that have kind of like become. Did they really have a hundred ninety item menu? Yeah, or That's I mean, so well, they had I mean, like I they had it. the whole Northern Thai menu on the back that was like yeah. an additional like sixty items or something or whatever mm-hmm. it was, um, where so you could wild. ask for it. Um, but you know, like the. Uh, People really love the boat noodle soups and the tom yum noodle soups, I think, like at Hoka and at Sap and stuff like that. And I think like that's become kind of like more, mm-hmm. I don't know, it seems like it without yeah. knowing, without having done an actual study. So LA, go pay your respects by go eating, going to eat there, if you can still eat there. I don't even know. Jeez. I, I would imagine that those recipes live and survive and mm-hmm. especially they're not losing sourcing of the ingredients but r.i.p thank you for all your delicious thai food halloween's coming up on the horizon andre it is i've been thinking about halloween foods you're gonna make your own gummies <laughs> i don't i don't even know how to make my own gummies yes, well i was watching i was i was at my mom's house shout outs case two what's up Case if you weren't listening to last week's episode my brother gave out her email address on the podcast just for fun i think it was the wrong one though luckily Feel free to go back there, check that out. We were watching an episode of the the Chew, the daytime mm-hmm. food show that sometimes will be on at the gym when I'm there. I was just going to say the only reason I know that is because of the gym. Mm-hmm. I told my mom that information and she had a chuckle. But we're, they were doing Halloween foods and something looked. It was I saw one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life where. Like they're reaching for Halloween food ideas. Yeah. That we never needed to see. Spaghetti brains. Right. They have grapes for eyeballs. Okay, I'm back. Speaking of grapes, my brother made a a, a lemongrass curry with grapes in it. So, and he said grapes in the curry are not... Hopefully the feds are on him with that shit. He said grapes in the curry are, are not an unusual thing in certain places. Ho- hopefully somebody's using a door knocker on that apartment right now. Have you got, ever... Has, have them on the floor and some fucking zip ties. And I tried <laughs> it and it was good. Have you ever had grapes in a curry? No. Could you taste the grapes or do they disappear? They, the flavor dissipated, but they were still there. They got mushy. Hmm. And there were there were used sparingly. I'm also not. Are yeah, I can imagine it. I've never done it myself, but, but that first, makes sense. When he first told me, I was like, "What? He's making an Indian curry or a Thai curry or what kind of curry is it?" It's kind of a Thai, but hmm. he didn't use any curry paste or powder. It was all he. It was like lemongrass, uh, kefir, lime, coconut mm-hmm. curry mm-hmm. with a bunch of veggies, and it was actually delicious. He used some uh, like fingerling potatoes. 
some broccolini, like all a bunch of stuff from cookbook. It was actually very tight. Nice. And some fucking grapes. What a weirdo. Uh, but I was thinking, but they had uh, they had a jack o' lantern, just like a normal pumpkin with the face on it, and then the mouth was a giant open circle mouth, like a four inch wide, like screaming jack o' lantern mouth, and then they scoop guacamole into the pumpkin just like a gallon of guacamole and then they used like a a, maybe a meatloaf i mean a a potato masher to to plunge the guacamole down so it's coming out of the mouth like it's vomiting the guac yeah that's great (laughs) and i at first it was like this is the dumbest worst thing i've ever seen coolest thing and then the final product of guacamole coming out of the mouth and i was like okay yeah I'm back, and I get it, and I like it. I think it sounds super cool. But that's really got to taste bad, like pumpkin pumpkin spice guac. Oh, gross. They were using pumpkin? I mean, it was inside of a pumpkin. Oh, you'd barely taste that. I know. Totally worth it for the vomiting serving of guacamole. So you're on board with this kind of shenanigan. thousand percent. I've been thinking about a jack-o'-lantern-themed deviled egg. This is... Uh, this is not a malfunction of our equipment. I'm trying to imagine what Jason's <laughs> describing in my head real quick. All right, this is what I'm describing. So we got, unfortunately, we're going to have to introduce... This a sounds little, like a lot of, a lot of, like, fine detail work. It is a lot of fine detail work. Yeah, that's work. what, I'm out. It involves... I'm out. It involves... I don't want to do it. Tweezer play. Yep. <laughs> All right, so you get, the, you get the egg white and you get the egg yolk. You separate it. You make the normal deviled egg. Maybe we, maybe the deviled egg white is dyed to be an orange color. Cool. Maybe the yolk mixture is also dyed to be a monochromatic same orange color. So it is orange yolk in an orange egg white shell, orange on orange. And then caviar in a piping bag to draw on an intricate black jack-o'-lantern face on an orange pumpkin <laughs> deviled egg background. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I thought you were going to carve an egg like you'd carve a pumpkin and then have it vomiting Mm-mm. the deviled egg yolk <laughs> filling. <laughs> oh, shit. Could you imagine? How, that's how- it. I couldn't. I would have bet money that that's the only thing you could possibly describe as a segue from what you just described. <laughs> You are just like so loosely going from the vomiting jack-o'-lantern of guacamole to something that's remotely Halloween-themed. What do you mean remotely? Well, you're just like making it look like a jack-o'-lantern as an egg. Yeah. It's not vomiting anything. Halloween does not necessitate vomit. I didn't say that. But the previous (laughs) inspiration is all about fluids being excreted horribly. It's all about Possibly from an exorcism. It's going from jack-o'-lantern to jack-o'-lantern. I think that would look cool and probably taste really good, too. You're not going to taste the coloring. I mean, hopefully you're not going to taste the coloring. The only problem is really making, like, how are you going to get the caviar to do what you want it to do? Like, you're not going to want to use, like tweezers or a toothpick like that'll just be a mess and it's gonna look like shit but has anyone ever put caviar in a piping bag is that just ridiculous i mean yeah of course it's ridiculous but would that you need to airbrush these eggs Ooh, (laughs) you need to go that cake design route and you need to do some shading (laughs) to get those pumpkin ridges a little shadow play yeah so you get the pumpkin 
piping tip. Yep. I mean, they all we all know the the pumpkin style frosting tip. You blast that into a perfect circle jack o' lantern shape. You hit it with the orange. You hit it with the yellow. You hit it with the brown. You you work. Maybe we'll do sixteen colors max on the pumpkin for the photorealism, and then we'll pipe in that caviar. We got to cut the top off of the egg to make it not an egg shape, and then do some kind of green thing on top to make it look like the stem and a little bit of the flower to make it more jack o' lantern shaped and less egg shaped. See, this is my favorite part of the pod. When I come up with an idea, you say, this is not the way I imagined it at all. And then two minutes later, you've taken the idea, you've run with it, and you've made it even better. You've, you've, it, like, a, like a rescued puppy on your doorstep. You brought it in, Ooh. you showered it, you gave it a shot of... You could take a little squash blossom and fry it, stick it on top, make you it look like it, a little, little son of a, you stop it right now. That would make it look that would hide the, the cut off top and make it look kinda like a pumpkin. Of course I'm putting a squash blossom on top. <laughs> uh, Stuffed with pepitas and ricotta cheese. Uh-huh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's how it's done. If anyone has a caviar piping bag, send me the Amazon Prime link. I need to buy it soon. What was your favorite trick-or-treat candy when you were a kid? My favorite trick-or-treat candy? Great question. I liked receiving an Almond Joy or mm. a Three Musketeer. Hmm. Mm. Box of Nerds. Oh, I love Box of Nerds, too. Mini Box of Nerds was the Cadillac for me. That for rattle. Sure. That rattle. Oh, yeah. Give me that rattle. Also, worst candy, Razor Blade. <laughs> Worst, no. <laughs> worst candy, candy corn, or... I'm okay with candy corn. I don't know. I would definitely be trading my Three Musketeers. Did not like Three worst Musketeers candy, at all. Um, plague syringe is what I'm going to go mm-hmm. with. That's a bad one. Used condom. Speaking of, speaking of the rattle of the nerd and food, my uh, this is a good food-slash-parenting hack that my... <laughs> I, when I was visiting my mom, this is a very mom-friendly episode, but we, uh, my niece is just like a, like a year and a half old, and my grandma has like medication, like prescription pill bottles around. Yeah. Like old people take a bunch of pills. We all know that. Yeah. And, and now that my niece is walking around a little bit and getting mischievous, she'll like go to the pill bottles and like rattle them and play with them, and it's a fun sure. thing, but we don't want her playing with pills because that's dangerous. Speaking of that, my friend's dog ate a weed, a mushroom chocolate yesterday and had to and go to the hospital. And lived to fight another day. Lived to fight another day. Forever changed, though. Really? I made the joke that the dog now fully gets Yellow Submarine. It does. But do you think fully changed? Or are you joking? It's got to be. I wonder. When you did mushrooms, you were fully changed. It's true. Everyone. Um, so my mom had the the brains to take an empty pill bottle, remove the label. It's just a just a blank generic branding, and fill it with dry elbow pasta. So now, so now baby can rattle this thing. Of course, it's bad for baby to baby's going to put a elbow hard shell in the mouth and not want to eat it. Maybe swallow it. Maybe choke. But. Either way, it's there's it's not dangerous drugs. And I took a picture of this 
prescription pill bottle with elbow macaroni and put it on my Instagram store. And all these people stole the photo and turned it into like a meme. So like like thousands of people are now seeing this photo of of elbow macaroni in a pill bottle, and people will be like making like fun jokes about it, or like this is like Italian Molly, or like things like that, or like I'm about to like we're not doing we're not doing Xanax bars, we're doing elbows now, things like that. So you're like a celebrity. I'm not. I didn't invent it. It's all it's all the women of the Stewart household who came up with that came up with that one. Don't you want? Yeah, that makes sense. I thought this story would be a little bit different, where you just got away from the pill bottle completely. No, no, it's all about pills today. Because what about that day when there she gets the real thing? <laughs> the real, like the real bottle is there, and uh-huh. it's not the elbow pasta. <laughs> That's you know, that's the dark side of the rattle okay. game. <laughs> but elbow pasta, classic shaker filling. Mm, it is a good shaker filling. You can throw it in a can to train your dog. You oh, shake yeah. it next to him when they're not doing something you like. When they're doing something you don't like. For when Lenny's peeing on a valuable item. When he's when he's watching Bravo. And I uh, go also, over right next to his ear and I shake a can <laughs> and he changes the so channel. Watching Bravo's award-winning programming. And I feel like uh, I, I also have the theory that dogs eating chocolate now, not that big of a deal as it was back in the day. How big is a dog? I've, it was a small dog. It was a puppy. But I, I mean, just generally speaking, like when I was a kid, I remember like, oh, don't get, if you get bit by a black widow spider, like it's it. curtains for you. You're That's done. It. You're fucked. You have five minutes to get the anti-venom in you or you're going to uh, for sure perish instantly. And you would kind of hear like, oh, chocolate, poison for dogs. Like if your dog eats chocolate, it's just... And I feel like now if you get bit by a black widow, like you don't really hear about people dying from it anymore. I think it's okay-ish. Like it's still obviously like very bad for you, but I think technology has has moved on enough to where... It's not that dire of a situation. And I feel the same way about chocolate for dogs. I feel like a dog can eat a little bit of chocolate. I think that, I think there's a little too much hype around it. And I think chocolate and dogs is not as big of an issue as we, as we have been led to believe. Your thoughts as a subscriber to Dog Rescue Monthly? Adamant dog head? Big in the dog game. What do you think? Well, I mean, I believe in science. And knowing your background, I don't believe anything that you're talking about at all because mm-hmm. that seems completely anecdotal and witchcrafty. But, uh-huh. um, but you also agree with me? No, <laughs> no. But the, the big, the huge difference is the difference between like dark and baking chocolate mm. and milk chocolate because there's like calorie wise or calorie wise. poison like, wise. If you're on a dog cheat day, <laughs> no. But it so. Milk chocolate is way better for dogs because it's the actual like cacao content that's poisonous. It's stepped on more yeah. than the A1 Perico. Yeah, so if they're getting, if they're just getting like baby laxative <laughs> and sugar and half and half with a little bit of food coloring, like what Nestle calls chocolate, oh, they're going to be fired. But if they're getting that, you know, 
that Brooklyn farm to table, 98% cacao, mm-hmm. dark. That's rough. That's that loud pack, stinky chocolate. No, but yeah, I mean, I think obviously, too, the size of the dog matters, how much they eat, and what kind of chocolate it is. But yeah, I mean, I've had dogs where I've taken them to the vet because they were vomiting and they got into chocolate. Well, once, hand it. And it was like, they're like, yeah, just keep an eye on him. I mean, he's not going to go into cardiac arrest immediately. And mm-hmm. we think he's kind of out of the woods, but he's going to be throwing up and shitting and it's not going to be good. Right. But they also know when there's like a serious, serious problem, they have to pump the stomach, which can also be, depending on the size of the dog, you know, almost as dangerous a little bit or as traumatic. So you do agree with me. Great news. Nope. We have some Twitter questions now. No, but the big one is that people don't know if we're going to talk about this is that grapes are really poisonous to dogs, which I didn't even know until like a couple of years ago. Grapes. Yeah. Bad for dogs. Bad for curry. <laughs> can get them go, apparently good for curries. No, but like, and also it's not like one grape and immediately they have to go to the doctor. But yeah, mm-hmm. if they eat like a bunch of grapes, I guess, you know, like 20, 30 dogs a year die from eating grapes. They're all in And one. they don't know exactly what the chemical compound interaction is with them, but they, it's some kind of, it's some kind mm-hmm. of chemical reaction that they, that dogs get from something, some kind of enzyme inside the mm-hmm. grape and they can Well, die. in the movies where they take like the, they put like the poison inside of a nice porterhouse steak and throw it over the chain link fence yeah. for the dog to eat and yeah. and take them out when they need to go steal their car back from the impound lot. Now it's just going to be a bushel of red seedless going over there, not frozen because they won't deal with that well. Mm. We're we're still deep in frozen grape season here in in L.A. It's going to be a hundred and two on Tuesday. Yeah, but yeah, they can eat more chocolate than they did in the fifties. They're stronger. Thank you for agreeing with me. We have some, Just kidding. We have some Twitter questions Just kidding. To, to round things out. Um, my man Sean, he did ask. There's been a lot of fuck, Mary kill questions coming in that I'm not going to play that game anymore. Mm-mm. That's done. He said crockpot or nah. Sure. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yeah. And it did remind me I was at our friend Dan's house, and he has a crockpot that is. it seems to be about the – it's about – 24 ounces total. Yeah. It's a very tiny crock pot. Yeah, it's a, it's a dip warmer. That's a dip warmer is what that is. Yeah. So you would use that for like a spinach artichoke. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't like it to be a dip warmer. I like it to be a tiny crock for like you put it in your car and you're just having chili. on the Like wherever you go, there's always a little bit of hot chili around, just a little bit. So something that plugs into the lighter adapter. Oh, yeah. You plug it into the lighter adapter in your F-150 or whatever God, it is. This sounds like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Just a little bit of chili while you're getting putzing around town. Chili is healthy for you. You know what I mean? It's a good round meal, a nutritious snack. I'm just, I'm just thinking about JB Smooth talking about it right now. Well, just a little bit of chili. Yeah. We don't need a whole... We don't need a gallon. We don't need to feed the whole backyard barbecue. Just a little personal pan pizza portion of chili i like i mean and it's always nice and warm the crock pot that's oval and shaped to take like a large cut of meat's always cool too like the oversized yeah. but not weirdly randomly because it's very arbitrary that the crock pots are just round mm-hmm. because that's like if you're gonna do like a leg of lamb or like a bunch of brisket like corned beef mm-hmm. doesn't really fit necessarily in just a circle because it's a circle is it Andre? Is, this, is your million dollar idea going to be a rectangular crock? It's going to no, be tough they to make clean. The, they, no, they make the big oval ones. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. 
You want the big? And uh, my favorite thing about crock pots is they cost like eighteen dollars. Sure, they're so fucking cheap. You can get nice ones, and you can set and forget. My man Benjamin Edgar, crudo or sushi, red or oil-based sauce for pasta. That's a. I mean, these are those are two questions where you I don't. Those so are four things that are not mutually exclusive or better than. Yeah, there. But I'm, I will. I, my answer is yes. My answer is yes because crudo, crudo. I mean, he's asking a gr- about crudo because it's really kind of, kind of in vogue right now. It's having a moment. I feel like, but isn't that kind of you skate the line of it's just a term that's popular right now? It is because it's pretty. I'm sure there's a very clear definition, which I don't know the strict one, but it certainly um, is used. Loosely, I would imagine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely used so loosely. Kind of like, like yeah, like my biggest Jerk. loosely used pet peeve food term, confit. Yeah. Ugh. And and also, uh, what's your, uh chef John on uh, food wishes? Maybe my fave YouTube cooking channel. Probably. But my he's fave. like, I'm going to. He was making a like a, a turkey. Turkey breast that was stuff. He, he made a Hasselback turkey breast where he got a whole giant turkey breast, sliced perpendicular ridges into it, and then filled those ridges with stuffing and then roasted the whole thing. And he's like, okay, before we do this, we want to salt the whole breast heavily and let it sit in your fridge. This is something that, or I'm going to put salt all over this. And, and young people like to call that dry brining. Right. <laughs> but we've just been calling that. Putting salt, salt on, on your food, food for, for the last, last yeah. thousand years. So great. Um, but yeah, crudo and sushi, it's just raw fish, but you know, sushi is with a soy sauce and a wasabi, and crudo is with lemon, olive oil, and maybe some raw onion, things like that. Mm-hmm. Both delicious. I cannot pick one over the other. And mm-hmm. the same thing, same thing for pasta. Like, I love a pasta with red sauce. I love a pasta without red sauce just as much. I could never pick one, and that's why I guess that's a good question. I guess if if it's on an... I mean, I guess you can pick in a way that, like, if the question is, like, on an island, I guess I'd pick sushi, and I guess I would pick oil-based sauce. Oh, Gun to your head, and that's what we're doing? Yeah. Sushi and oil? Yeah. Damn, that's... T- I guess... I guess I would do the same, to be honest. Because I get a little more sick of tomatoes, although I'd miss it. But one or the other, I'd probably get sicker of toma- just tomatoes every night than I would like mm-hmm. a nice olive oil. And you're gonna and need pasta. that. You're, you're gonna need all that rice mm-hmm. to keep away, keep the sharks away, to outswim the sharks. That's <laughs> what you can do with rice. Um, Fat little baby asks favorite cocktail, best ordering option for delivery pizza. I don't know mm. what. Well, the the pizza one first. I don't really understand that one exactly. Like, like where, like your favorite place to order from, or like your best way to order pizza from a place. Well, oh, maybe. Okay, let's answer both. I would say. Then that's also extremely regionally. If specific. you're gonna order the pizza, well, I I can't pick a brand of pizza because that's silly. But <laughs> I always like as soon as I order the pizza to be delivered, I immediately put a sheet pan. In the oven because I don't have a stone because I don't care that much, mm-hmm. but a stone would be even better. And just turn the you oven on to 500 Claus? right away. 
So you put the phone down. Because I know I'm going to want to reheat that pizza at least for a few minutes on something very hot on the bottom to get that crust back to something crispy. So as soon as you hit yes on the Domino's Pizza Tracker app, yeah. you blast that Viking range up to 500 as and you I get it going. hit B on the Xbox remote <laughs> where I order all of my Domino's from. Can you order Domino's off the Xbox? I feel like I read... Uh, this is I'm not sure a cop-out. I'm sure you can. I feel like I read an article about Ultimate being able to do that right because ESP, when ESPN launched... I think there's an ESPN app for Xbox, and part of that is like... If there, there'll be a pop up for for Domino's, mm-hmm. and you can like you scroll your thing over and just like oh Domino's like during Sports Center, or something. you can pause your two K and then blast a Dom. Yeah, makes sense. So that that is a good method. But the best way to reheat pizza, even if it's not cold, even if it's just like delivery, is to put it. We've talked about where you put mm-hmm. it in a pan with oil, get it nice and sizzling. A pan that you have a lid for, and then put it like a tablespoon of water after it's been sizzling for a couple minutes in some nice hot oil and then that steams the cheese on top and then you're good to go but like there's no good way to order pizza because um delivery pizza because it sucks (laughs) compared to getting it hot but i think less toppings is more if you're talking about what to order yeah i mean just just do something Get like a margarita or something simple and try and see what you can do at home with it. Or like mm-hmm. pep and mushroom or like keep it to like two toppings. I've never been a sausage head on the pizza. Not really, not me neither. I, yeah, I like a plain old pepperoni. Mm-hmm. Just give it to me straight, Doc. Um, favorite cocktail. Lately I've been drinking... Whiskey. Martinis. Mm-hmm. Vodka martini. Not extra dirty, but a little bit dirtier than normal. Mm-hmm couple olives, and I've really been into uh, my favorite summertime cocktail, uh, Blanco Tequila, Mm. fresh grapefruit juice, Mm. a little bit of honey, lime, and mint. Real refreshing on a hot day. I would say best, my favorite... To start a meal with is still probably an old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. Favorite to finish a meal with, these aren't really cocktails, <laughs> is Fernet or yeah. some other kind of digestive. Fernet on the rocks. They're, now it's a cocktail. And you go for a hot weather rocks? summer? Yeah, I'll do Fernet on the rocks. I mean, it, it some people, a lot doesn't, people don't. doesn't do the job as well. I don't always get it on the rocks. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I had it on the rocks, but I would drink it on the rocks. Yeah. No, if I order it afterwards, it's just straight. Bad boy. And then... Yeah, summertime cocktail, what what it going to be? Probably like a, pun- like a sparkling punch or... Sparkling punch? White wine spritz. Mm. White wine spritz with a little glug of tequila in there? I don't know. I must have had that. I can't think if I've had that. I've had that. It's like a turbo booster. You get a white wine spritzer and you just put a little tequila in there. It all kind of mixes in. I would, but I'm also, I really don't, I like Campari. I don't like Aperol. Mm. Like you're talking about an Aperol spritz or like Campari spritz if you're doing like a bitters in there. Mm-hmm. I love a Campari and soda splash of OJ. It's just a splash. Yeah, of that's what my mom always has if you're talking about something like Your mom something drinks summery. I didn't know that. 
Yeah. Jill, I know you're listening. What's up, girl? Let's let's have ourselves a Campari night. Um Yeah. Okay. But next. grapefruit, grapefruit is probably like my favorite mixer for something summery. Mm-hmm. And you probably like a salty dog, don't you? Love it. Since you're such a freaking salt head. Love it. Since we learned last episode that you'll just munch Maldon yeah, willy mom, nilly. My mom was talking about that. Yeah. She's like, Boy, you're eating too much salt. <laughs> she was like, You've always done that. You've all you little son of a Hey man, it could be worse. I know people who just eat butter with salt. Yeah, I don't do that. That's fucked up. Just a spoonful of butter, put a little salt on there, or a spoonful of butter, a little bit of sugar on there. Wow. Some project shit right there. Next question from Child Star <laughs> with five World R's, Star. my man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all forms of alternative nut butters need to be tomahawk slammed straight into the trash. Discuss. Mm. It's, it's a hot, spicy, wet, stinky take, and I kind of agree with him. I think that... Oh, my favorite is peanut butter, for sure. When, when it's all said and done, the smoke clears, peanut butter is number one for a reason. Almond butter, good. I'll eat almond butter sometimes to be healthy or one of those like mixed nut butters. Mm-hmm. I won't buy it, but I'll eat it. It'll be fine. There is one... But the only nut butter that I have in the house is peanut butter. Yeah. And I, if I have one Achilles heel... Besides eating salt, I could probably, if I wasn't paying attention, I could house like easily a container, like a jar of peanut butter if I wanted to. You can just blast 2,000 calories of peanut butter in one sitting. <laughs> but a spoon and like an apple or banana and a little jar of like preserves, just keep just going back and forth, I could take down some salted peanut butter real easy. Really? For sure. There is one. I mean, I could eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day, but I don't. <laughs> there, there is one nut butter called Nut Nutzo, I think. Yeah, and like health food stores and UTTZO. Yeah, it's like a nut butter, and they have different. Maybe it's not so. Maybe it's something else. I think I know the one you're talking about from that style of name. Where but there's something stupid and zany and health foody. They're, they're, the jars are stored upside down, and it, like they have one where it's like. Cashew, almond, Brazil, flax, chia, hazel, pumpkin. Brazil, Brazil is the one that I remember from whatever brand, if it's not the same one that you're talking but those about. Are, those are the only alternative nut butters that I truly do fuck with. But the problem is if you buy them at Whole Foods, they're like $18 a jar or something. So you, you got to spend like big money to get a really good one. Otherwise, just go to Trader Joe's and get organic, salted, crunchy peanut butter. It's like $3 and it's, it's so good. Oh, the peanut butter machines are always fun too. If you can find one. Oh, I love doing a, a straight, straight, <laughs> straight to DVD peanut butter machine. Yeah. Just right on that pinky, just a little, a little something to walk around with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I went to Gelson's today. I got a cup of my my little salad dressing cup of crab bisque today. <laughs> and they moved their. Uh, it's Friday. It's Friday. It's soup day, baby. It's a fish soup. But their their salad dressing cups have moved from two ounce to one ounce, and I'd like to think that I'm the reason why. Responsible for it. So now I can only fit like four cubes of poke in this fucking cup, whereas before I would do eight cubes of poke. Yeah, that's math. They halved it. They did have it, and <laughs> that's just good math. Four um, cubes, not enough. Chris at Chris Tion. How much broccoli do I have to eat to get as tall as you? Do you like broccoli? The food, not the song. Also, what is your favorite soup? 
Um, that's a lot. When I was, that's a lot, Chris. Jesus Christ. When I was a kid, people would ask me all the time, like, oh, you drink milk to get how tall you are. But I never drank milk as a kid. I only drank orange juice. I drank a shitload of orange juice. So I like to think that that is one reason why I got so tall. Obviously, it's not true. or It could be. I guess it could be. But when I was a kid, I used to guzzle OJ. I couldn't... St- OJ was the only drink that I could truly do a chug. Like where you... Open your open your throat up like a bird feeding the baby bird worms. Like I could never chug a beer, I could never never chug a soda or anything like that. But OJ, come on through, wide open. Any brand? When I was a kid, it would just be like whatever. It, I would I would have anything like yeah. But I'm saying no. But you would drink anything because I was not probably like a Tropicana boy. Loves ketchup, but only eats oh. Heinz ketchup. No, because when I first started in the game, it was the frozen condensed oj where it comes in the in the little brick and then you mix that with water great margarita mixer yeah man those concentrated citrus so you do have to eat no broccoli to get as tall as i am just chug orange juice do i like broccoli yes i do like broccoli a lot it's probably my favorite vegetable andre loves broccoli my favorite soup that's a very tough question um oh jesus i'm 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 there's so many things that count as a soup. I really, split pea. I don't even have to think about it. Andre's a split pea. Split I mean, pea with ham. That's it. I'm a chowder head. Done. Chowder's not a soup. Love and, chowder. And I'm a bisque head, but that's not a soup either. I might, I might go with... Oh, Jesus. Pozole? Does that count as a soup? Definitely counts as a soup. I like a matzo ball soup, too. You can't eat that much pozole, though. It's true. You're right. Like, if you're thinking favorite soup... French, you gotta be able to eat it a lot. French onion? You can't eat that a lot either. Mm, you eat more of it than pozole, I feel like. You was right. Maybe, maybe not. French onion soup's heavier than What soup do you, do you ever make a big thing of soup for yourself? I never make soup yeah. ever. See, I'll make. Ever? Yeah, I'll make split pea. I will make. I mean, I guess chili's chili. You can't call chili a soup. The only soup I do make is like the arroz caldo. Mm-hmm. Where, which I guess that's more of a porridge than anything. When you're sick, right? Normal. Um, when either when I'm sick or when the weather is getting a little chilly, and I want to be warmed up with the. Or I bought a rotisserie chicken and I need and I just made stock. Um, my next question: We got a couple more, and then we're going to be done. Ben, um, Ben Hawk down, my man. <laughs> I support the name. <laughs> Uh, what is the difference between green squash and zucchini? And I don't know if I know the difference between green squash and zucchini. Uh, somebody could probably tell you better, but those terms definitely get thrown around super loosely at grocery stores. Mm-hmm. If you go to the farmer's market, somebody will explain it to you. But when you see different kinds of summer squash and zucchini, that shit's all interchangeable to anybody like in the big, big grocery market industry. Hmm. Is green squash and zucchini the same thing? Uh, the zucchini or courgette is a summer squash which can reach nearly a meter in length, usually harvested at half that size or less, along with certain other squashes that belongs to the species cucurbito pepo. That did not answer the question at all, you stupid website. I guess a green squash and a zucchini are different. Because squash, zucchinis are summer squash, and squash are technically fruit, apparently. Hmm. Which I don't believe to be true. Mm-mm. 
internet. That's fake news. Non-food question. Oh. Pro or anti? Carpet in the bathroom. Is it the ultimate flex? <laughs> no. Hate. I, th- I think it kind of is the ultimate flex. Right. If you can afford to have your carpet replaced once a month in your bathroom, and it's all real good, high quality. Only once a month? Are we thinking weekly? I'm thinking weekly. Weekly, full carpet gets ripped out and replaced. Cleaning service need- also needs to include carpet repair, like or carpet replacement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, CJ, Beat Hard Fan Club. Best way to cook venison. Um, we may have talked about this before because we had some venison lying around, but my my yeah. favorite was um, making a tartare out of it. That was elk, not to nitpick. No, that was elk, that's right. But I feel like the elk that we ate is better than any venison I've ever had. True. It was the only reason I say that. That was not about... Depending on the cut of the venison, but also, I, yeah, I love the tartare made out of the elk. So, I, I, you know, I would defer in a way that if you ask a hunter who dresses his own animals, mm. they'll tell you it's not about cooking; it's about butchering. Mm. And if you've ever had a, a wild game that's been too gamey or had that kind of distinct wild animal flavor. It's all about because somebody didn't know how to dress the animal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that is because I've never done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope not to. I mean, I think you start off with venison. You want to do something. You want to stay away from grilling, depending. Most of the meat from all over the animal is going to be leaner, and it's not going to be marbled. Even if you're getting a belly and you're getting fat caps, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not going to be marbled. Nope. So I think you want to stay with any, that stay away from always anything on the go. that's you know kind of quick searing and less you know somebody knows different or there's a very specific cut that's better for grilling. And of course you can grill venison steaks. I mean, that happens all the time, but mm-hmm. by amateur you, losers. Yeah. If you don't know or whatever, I mean, any kind of braising or anything with more ingredients, yeah. and a little bit saucy and, you know, grinding into sausage where you're adding some fat or you're grinding into patties and adding a little bit of fat, um, are great ways to cook venison. Mm-hmm. So yeah, long, long, slow, Braising maybe venison in the crock pot. Sure. Or a raw preparation. And I like the way that sesame dances with those game meats. Yeah, that's a great way to kind of mellow it out. Or anything aromatic if you can include like a chimichurri or if you're using any kind of mint or anything in there. Mint, just like Mm -hmm. goat and sheep and lamb is a great way to kind of, if you're worried about that. Cut that bump. That grassy flavor being a little too strong that cuts through it real nice yeah sure does um all right andre we're gonna do the best thing that we ate all week and i don't even know what the best thing i ate all week is there's just too many to pick from huh no i I didn't really there wasn't really that much at all to be honest Um, i found a korean grocery store in seaside called kim's oriental grocery which is mostly just box goods and imported things. There's no produce. But um, the woman mm-hmm. who I met who works there, Korean, she makes her own different types of kimchi and her own frozen mandu Korean dumplings. Oh, yeah. So I bought some Napa cabbage kimchi and some daikon kimchi and some lotus root and then a bag of her beef and glass noodle vegetable mandu and all of that was real good mandu and that was the best thing i ate and that's in seaside yeah which is like five ten minutes out of monterey 
So okay. now in California. Spreading your wings. Tiny, and tiny little place. But they have, you know, like, they have like five types of gojujang and mm. anything you can imagine that's Korean and imported and boxed and shelf stable. They got tons of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. NorCal heads, take note. I think the best, the best thing I had all week was when I went to Stewie's restaurant, Bad Mash. There you go. Got, got sorted out with a great, fantastic meal as always. But I, my, new, my new sleeper fave is getting the dessert there. Um, the, the pairing of the tiny chai tea mixed with the Parley G ice cream sandwich. It's just like a little bit of vanilla ice cream in between two of these kind of tea cracker like cookies. Mm. And you kind of dip that. You dip this little ice cream sandwich, salty, sweet, cold, into the hot, aromatic, herbal chai. And it's a small dessert. It's like a two-inch sandwich. So it's not too filling. It's just it's, it packs a punch, and then that's it. And I, I really like the way that all of those dance together. So if you're downtown and you just want a little light dessert, just go bug my brother for like five like five dollars worth of food from this restaurant. Tell Stu that the Stu sent you. <laughs> Stu sent you, yeah, yeah. You'll get a massive discount, of course. Eighty percent off at <laughs> least. Probably eighty minimum. Uh, Andre, thank you so much for doing this. Welcome home. You can go to the stewpodcast.com for all the episodes. The Gorilla Tacos cookbook that, uh, that Richard was talking about last week is available for purchase and now on the shelves. Yeah. And I just got my copy of the, the Munchies Chef's Night Out book. And I think that's going to be coming out very soon as well. You should go check that out. Uh, you can follow me on social media at them jeans. Andre Kanapar has no social media, mm-hmm. but the streets are talking about him on the net. Mm-hmm. Tall Tales is my other podcast. Listen to that if you don't like food. And we'll see you guys next week. You talk about food on that, don't you? Yeah, we do talk about it. There you go. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs>